All we need is a place to be And a few good friends for some company If you'd like to stay, you don't have to leave We'll leave the lights on and the door unlocked If you drop on by, you don't have to knock We're happy to share whatever we've got Hi, I'm Clay, and this is Yarn About You A podcast where I get to chat with people I know and love As well as people I'd just like to meet and hear their story Tonight I've got a very special guest. It is, what's your name? Oh my goodness. What's your name? Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin, yes. that's right. I knew it. Don't I knew you it forget somewhere. it. <laughs> right. Hard to forget. Yeah. Kelly Martin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Clayton. And how are you? I am wonderful. So what's this podcast about? I've got no idea. Let's start. Okay. Yeah, we what are. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. You're the one wanting to be on about things. I don't know. You were doing uh, the red leather, yellow leather thing before. Yeah, I was. That's called warm-ups. <laughs> you wouldn't understand that. No, I wouldn't understand. Yeah, not professional know. enough. I'm already hot. I don't I'm need to sorry. warm up. I'm sorry. I should stop talking and let you talk about your podcast. Please, please. Host, what? host. Yes. Um, where, where are you from? Where am I from? Yeah. Well, I'm mostly now from the Central Coast. I did grow up in Sydney. What about I, your parents? Where did your parents? My parents grew up in Sydney as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, were, they were together for a small amount of time to have my sister and I. Still remain friends. They are divorced. Yeah. Good friends though. Shut up, Clayton. <laughs> Stop what? I it. didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, no. I said nothing. <laughs> um, you're, you've got relatives. What was the link with um, Parramatta? <gasps> oh, okay. So we're going back really early history. Okay, so I guess it, this is on my dad's side of the family. Um, uh, the Martin side of my family, they started with the line of a man called John Martin who was sent over on the First Fleet. Um, he was a convict and... Legend has it. Well, we've actually had proof. He he was actually originally from the West Caribbean. Um, yeah, so John Martin was the first man in Australia on the convict ship that was of colour. Um, not of our indigenous, indigenous Australians that were already here, of course. But this man, um, he did the wrong thing by his owner over in England. We've got, I've actually got some um, documentation of what his crime was. Um, so he stole... Uh, a waistcoat um, from memory and a pocket watch and something else. And he was one shilling off getting hanged. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what they did, they uh, he got lashes and he also got uh, seven years and got put on a ship to the on the, called the Don Kaiser. He was actually meant to be sent to Holland. But when he was on the in port, uh, he got sick and they kicked him off the ship. So before he was allowed to sail, and by the time he got better, it was time for all those ships to head out to Australia. So he was put on on the ship to Australia, and that's how he came here. And after serving his time out here, he was pardoned, and he became the constable of Pennant Hills. He was actually a man that could read and write, so that was unheard of back in those days, especially for a man of colour, so we don't know where that's come from. Incredible. Do you know where he is? Uh, Yeah, he's actually buried in Parramatta. Okay. Yep, and um, his house still stands today. Part of the um, foundations of the house that he built for his family is on Pennant Hills Road next to the King's School. So it's actually behind the little BP service station. Oh, okay. Yeah, very interesting. So I've actually got records and copies of his marriage certificate and he was actually married in Parramatta by the Reverend Samuels Marsden. So we've got that documentation also. Um, and he ended up having about seven kids and we've come from that line, one of the kids from his his children. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, and then when he was actually in trouble, when he was still um, incarcerated by being a co- – when he was still a convict, he got in trouble. There was something he did wrong with another friend of his, uh, John – one of his mates' name was John someone. Anyway, they got in trouble and they escaped and they – well, they got told while they were in this cottage that they were staying in they went to light a fire. Well, they did and they burnt the cottage down so they ran off into the bushes and they were on the run for a couple of days and then they got caught and they got um, lashes. So, wow. yeah, yeah, whole different time. So you're a very creative person. Where does that come from besides Romper Room? <laughs> I have no idea. You've got I to explain the romper room now. I know. I know. Yeah, you do. Stop it. I love my romper room. Um, I only, well, I got to go on romper room because my dad's sister, my auntie, she used to work at Channel 7. So we, we luckily got to skip the queue, my sister and I, to go on romper room. Um, but yeah, I was always, as a kid, wanted to be the centre of attention. And so that's completely different to now. Completely. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> completely different yeah, to now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I'm really yeah. humble. I'm super shy. I get told to come on, Kel, get out of your shell. No, no, that's not me. Um, yeah, no, my parents aren't like that at all. None of my family are show ponies or anything. They gave me attention. I think they were just like shocked that I wanted attention so much and they gave it to me. I know the stories of dad taking me to work parties and having to get me off the table because I'm singing to people. <laughs> oh, wow. It's kind of like now anyway. Yeah, shut up. Nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so creativity. Where'd, so so what happened? You had Romper Room and then but oh, where yeah. did you start doing your theatre or your acting? Oh, or lots of, lots of bossing my sister and friends around, directing them in little <laughs> plays and acts and things. And then uh, th- I guess through school I got opportunities to perform. Um, I was always the one with my hand up in the class wanting to read things out aloud. And What was your first gig? I was Mary in in the school nativity play. <laughs> so typecast. Yeah, I was typecast. um I was the Pied Piper. I had, <gasps> I had green tights. So, Such um, a good look. Yeah, Sorry, bad mental image. Story. That's a whole other yeah. story. So <coughs> funny. Uh, so Mary. Yeah, Mary. Mm. And then I did jazz ballet. So I got sort of. So did I. <laughs> I know you did. I've seen those shots. <laughs> um, and then throughout throughout school. I got to, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I got to do musicals at school and then I think I formed, I got to be in some drama class, drama groups outside of school that, you know, you met other kids from other uh, schools in the area and sort of went from there and then I didn't do anything after I left school straight away. I was sort of working and, and that and then a boyfriend I was with at the time he was involved in little things like that and he told me to come and audition for something down at the local theatre and so I went oh no I haven't done anything since school and he made me do it which I'm actually that's one thing I'll be grateful for for him um anyway he um made me go and then he didn't get a role and I got the lead so that was sort of like (laughs) yeah that didn't go down well yikes yeah but it was from there I started getting back into into that again and it was great and you travelled for a while, yeah, working sure as well. Yeah, so I what did. was that about? I used to do educational theatre in primary schools. So, what we used to do there was about five shows that my ex partner and I used to do, and we travelled around in a camper van, and we'd go to different schools, and from the outback to inner city schools, from Muslim schools to Catholic schools, you know, you name it. We did, we did it. What kind and of shows? What were they about? Okay, so they were mostly educational, and it just depended on what sort of what things the school was lacking in in there area so maybe a, a you know a school in the outback might not be able to have a music teacher all year so we would probably be booked for a music 
music shows. So we teach kids about beatboxing or, you know, every every everything in the world is an instrument and we do things like that and it was actually it was great and every kid loves music or rhythm or everyone's got a you know something they can contribute so we'd come up with little beats and things and we'd record them on a loop station and then we'd come up with a cd and we'd send it back to the school and it'd be their own little piece of work and oh it was great now you went but you went Way out west. Oh, you yeah. Went, how far did you go? Oh, we went everywhere. It, it, like, we, we were the, one of the only companies at the time that was nationally accepted in every state. Because okay. at the time there was only um, a couple of uh, travelling educational tra- uh, groups, I guess you'd call them. That it was mostly in Queensland that used to have it. It was um, Arts Council and things like that back oh, in okay. the day. Um, but this one was actually being accredited nationally, so we got to go to every state and every school that was distributed advertising-wise to them because it wasn't just music shows. Like, we taught kids about bullying in the playground. There was shows about resilience and responsibility, so teaching kids about how to bounce back from adversity and things like that. Um, yeah, so, and as I said, we got to go to lots of different places. Like, we got to go to some outback areas that, you would never put on your map to go and visit if you were just travelling. It was just by chance that you got um, booked by a random school that was lacking in something at their school and we got to go out there and it was always just a delight to turn up and have kids just, you know, excited to see you because it was primary age school so it was perfect kids, kid times because kids want to be a part of everything. You would have been in your element. I was. Sure. I was loved. It was great. <laughs> Speaking of being on the road, this mm-hmm. segues into something you're very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the story of, was it coming back from Tassie? Ah, yes, it was. Um, First of all, yep. Kelly's very interested in starting a, um, a supernatural podcast where people tell their their creepy stories. So this is something yeah. we definitely want to look into and find a way. Everybody's got a creepy story. Now, this one is incredible. <laughs> Take it away, Kel. Yeah, this is always something that's unexplainable to me. And anyway, so I'd been on the road for a couple of years and just as a precursor to this story, um, before I took off around Australia, um, I had two dogs at the time and those two dogs were meant to come around Australia with us. Anyway, just before we left, one of my dogs, the German Shepherd, he unfortunately passed away. And um, so we only had one dog on the road with us. Okay, so we'd been on the road for a couple of years and I think it was our second or third time back from Tasmania. And as we'll, when we're coming back on the ship, where you park your vehicle on the ship, um, everyone sort of, it's like Tetris, I guess, you've got to all fit. And um, it, there was people all parked around and in front of us. And this time I had signed a waiver to let my dog just stay in the vehicle because one time we went over Bass Strait and we could hear him howling the whole way over. So he was much more comfortable in his camper with his bed. Anyway, so we'd done that. And so when we got down to the car to get off, I got him straight out of the vehicle to let him walk around and stretch his legs, etc. And in the meantime, there was a vehicle that was parked in front of us that was broken down. And my ex was actually conversing with the guy about fixing his vehicle and helping him out and, and all that. And I was talking to the wife. And anyway, so Odin, this is the dog's name, he was out and they were patting him and saying, wow, what an awesome dog. He's really cute. And I was like, yeah, he's a great dog, blah, blah, blah. And he was, he was a red cattle cross bull terrier. Okay. Anyway, so they patting him for a while and then they looked at me and they're looking around and they said so where's your other one and my ex and I looked at each other 
We said, no, we've only got the one. They, and then the other people are like, no. When we came down here, there was two dogs sitting in the front seat. There was a German Shepherd in the, in the driver's seat. And that dog, my jaw just dropped. And my ex and I just stared at each other. We didn't know what to say. We were in shock. because we And these people were so adamant they'd seen a German Shepherd. Anyway, they didn't know that when my German Shepherd had passed away, I'd had him cremated. And he was actually in an urn underneath the driver's seat. Underneath the driver's seat. Yes. So oh. that was really spooky and we were sort of stoked and shocked and didn't know what to say to these poor people because they looked at us weird like, why are they lying to us about their dog? Like like we're trying to smuggle a German Shepherd into onto the mainland or something. And it wasn't as though they saw another dog the same as no. Odin. No, because Odin, saw a German Shepherd. they Odin. saw a German Shepherd. Odin was a red cattle cross bull terrier. He was mostly white and he had red patches on his eyes. There's no way they could mistake that for a German Shepherd. And they specifically said German They said Shepherd. German Shepherd. That's incredible. There's no way to explain that. No. And there's so many stories out it there is. that people have with the Absolutely. same sort of thing that's going on. That's right. So I know when we've been talking to people at, in passing, mm-hmm. they start talking about their strange right. stories that have happened. So that's it. Um, definitely something we'd like to do yep. and uh, definitely something we'd like to be able to share with people. That's it. And I'll get back to you with when I come up with the name of the podcast. Yeah. What are we going to call it? I don't know. I don't know. Scary Kill. Scary Kill. <laughs> they already know that. I don't have to explain that. <laughs> So, no do idea. you have any weird stories, Mr. Clayton? Do I have any weird stories? Yeah, I've got, I've got so turn it many around weird on stories, you. It's not funny. I do. We had a um, we had an incident where uh, an uncle of mine passed away. Right. Um, it's probably I was thirteen at the time, and uh-huh. it's probably and where were you? Uh, I was in um, living in Lidcombe at Mum right. and Dad's place. I was only about I was only thirteen at the time. Okay, so this is what nineteen fifty five or yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, it was it was probably the the first significant death that that I dealt with so it was pretty traumatic all uh-huh. around and it was pretty traumatic for everybody because he, he wasn't really an uncle but he was mum and dad's best friend for about 30 or 40 years right um, when he died he was a doctor mm-hmm. um, he was our local GP mm-hmm. um, and mum worked there with him mm-hmm. um, and they became very close the whole family now when he passed away um, my sister and my mum both had dreams uh, where he came to the door in the bedroom and said, uh, you know, it's okay, I'm okay, everything's okay. But um, mum told, uh, sorry, my sister told my dad that she thought it was strange because he was wearing a, a floral, like, Hawaiian shirt. And um, so dad... So had she ever seen him in a floral... No, wi- okay, no, right, so that's why it stood out doctor, to her. Yep. So it stood out to her. So yep. um, dad... Like Dr. Carl. Yeah, dad told the story... <laughs> To um to mum and she nearly died because she had a dream and he was wearing a floral <gasps> shirt the same way. So, no way. so you know, things like that are really strange. They are. But it, but 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 yeah, that that really freaked yep. freaked us out. And it was um it was a very strange time. We're all heightened emotions. Absolutely. So I think that had and a lot to do. And I with so it. believe this hanging around to maybe. Maybe his soul is a bit confused about what's what's happened, and he's hanging around, being up close to his family, which he knows and loves. And mm. I don't know, that's bizarre because it was very quick. There was um, yeah, it was more it sudden. Was, it, it was definitely the most significant death I'd ever dealt with, and still to this day, it was very vivid. The whole yeah, thing. right. Um, but that house, the house was an it was an old Federation style house in Lidcombe. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad and my brother would um, often see a lady walk across the hallway from one bedroom to another bedroom. Yay. So, um, we yeah. We have to dad, get your dad in here to have a chat yeah, then. Yeah, dad will talk about it. No, but, um, not your dad. But, yeah. He doesn't dad, like a chat. He, um, <laughs> he, um, yeah, they used to talk about that. He's also got a cousin who had a house that was haunted. 
Right. Um, I forget what they called him. Look at that. See, already three other people yeah. straight up. Yeah, but this one at this house they're talking about, it had one of those lounge rooms that had two doors, so you'd go through yep. the lounge room to get to the other part of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, one door would open <laughs> and close. Yep. And then you'd kind of, they'd always look up and say hello to him. Oh. And then the other door would open and close. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's bizarre. But yeah. these are stories that we need, that's to, right. we need to kind of well, share. Well, that's it. I've got to, well, even my mum, like when, my mum said when I was first born, we used to live down in St. Ives. And the house there, and my dad's brought it up too, because my dad's, well, like he goes, I know your mum saw something. She was adamant, because your mum doesn't talk about things like that. Like mum's not, you know, mum's not a big... Um, I don't know, airy-fairy person or anything like that. But she does believe there's something out there. But, yeah, she definitely saw – she'd see a man walking down the hallway in the house and he had a red flannelette shirt on and jeans. She always, And she could describe him. She didn't know who it was, though, yeah. So yeah. I've, yeah. Met, I've met your whole family. Yes. Are you adopted? Shut up. Yeah, I know. Fully. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I know. All the attention-seeking genes went to me. I've got... um. I've oh, got hang on, but my niece might be giving me a run for my money. Why? She's what get- happened? Oh, no. She's getting there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is she? Oh, yes. Oh, no. uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I love it. Mm. She's taken after me. <laughs> but in some way... But she's a lot more sensible than me. Um, but there's also some other, other weird sort of um, synchronicity stories. I've had a few in my Ooh. life. That have happened. Uh, One, um, I was very close. One of my my best friends ever, um, Margaret. Hello, Margaret. How are you? I miss you. Um, But but we were very close in our late teens. Very close. And we were obsessed. Uh, She was a bit silly. Yeah. Um, I can't stand those silly people. Neither can I. It's crazy. But we um, we were obsessed with Monty Python. (laughs) Yeah, really were. And there's um there was a there was a song there was a a a record we used to have Mm -hmm. called Monty Python Sings, Uh and it was all the Monty Python songs. Always look on the bright side of life and um, all of that. But there was one song called Eric the Half a Bee, and it was all about a little character who was a half a bee. (laughs) Name was Eric, and um. And the whole song started. Hang on, half a bee, as in a buzzy bee. Like. Yes, it doesn't need to be explained anymore. <laughs> okay, sorry, he was okay. half a bee. I just ruined it. Listen to it. Look up Eric the half a bee. Okay. Anyway, this song starts with uh, with the words half a bee. Philosophically, must ipso facto half not be. Oh my gosh, that's a warm up. That's all. It is a warm up. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. But anyway, that's irrelevant to everything. I hadn't seen Marg. I hadn't seen Margaret for probably fifteen years. Right. Um, or it'd be definitely ten. It was a long time that yeah. I hadn't seen her. I was in Canberra. I drove down to Canberra for work, and I went out to one of the outlet stores, mm-hmm. and I was going through um, CDs, and I found Monty Python sings. <laughs> yeah. So I that I listened to it all the way home from Canberra, blaring at the top of yeah. all the way home from Canberra that night. That night. Yeah. After not hearing from Margaret for so many years, oh, she sends a message. There you go. Do you know what the message says? Something it about says, a bee, please say that. It says, half a bee, <gasps> philosophically, oh, must stop. ipso facto half not be. Oh, my gosh. So it was that Connected. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It was bizarre. That's it. You so, put it out into the universe and she's picked up on those notes. And, mm-hmm. yep. There was I also, so believe, yep. Do you want another one? Yeah, there of was. Um, I do. Look, now we've got it started, everybody. My my sister, um, and I were close when we were little, mm-hmm. and um, she uh, we used to watch this show. This it was called uh, Three of a Kind, and it was Tracy Ullman and Lenny Henry, 
and somebody else. Oh. But anyway, it was a, it was a great show. So Lenny Henry was married to Dawn French, wasn't he? Yes, he yeah, was. Okay. All right, cool. Um, but but it used to have these little clips where they'd say, um, you know, I'm such and such, and the other one would say, I'm such and such, and then there'd be a, a punchline in the third mm-hmm. one all the time. Yeah. And one of them, um, I was sitting at the table, and we hadn't watched this show since I was probably about 10 or 11, right. like a long time. Uh-huh. And um, I was sitting at the table um, a year or so ago and I was telling my boys, you know, Aunty Donna and I used to watch his show and um, there were three people and one of them said, you know, I'm a football fan. My dad worries about me when I go to football matches. And the other one says, I'm a cricket fan. My dad worries about me when I go to cricket shows. What are they called? Cricket, cricket matches. They're cricket matches. I'm just There's, his interpreter. Whatever, I don't. It's, this isn't word not for into word. sport. Anyway, <laughs> the third one says, "I'm an electric fan. My dad worries about me when I go." <laughs> and he throws all his arms around, and that's it. Yeah. And my boys just looked at me like, <laughs> like I'm crazy, and I thought it was the funniest thing ever because yeah. it was a funny gag. It is. That night, my sister sends me a text <gasps> saying, "I was just telling Shawnee, who's her youngest, Stop. about I'm an electric fan." So just out of nowhere, these, no. the, these things happen. What stories have you got? What else have you got that's weird? Weird stories. You've got to have weird stories. I stuff lived in, your life. in a haunted house when I first moved out of home. When did you when did you tell me this? Maybe. Tell I me. Should have. So it was when I lived with Simone and my first boyfriend's best mate. Mm-hmm. That place was spooky as all hell. Why? What happened? What okay. was the first thing that happened there? Uh, lots of footsteps we'd hear at night. My front my bedroom door would open by itself. And I had a cupboard in my bedroom. That had a like a skeleton key. That makes it sound even spookier, I but that's what they called skeleton. <laughs> yeah, so yeah opened the cupboard and a skeleton. What about uh, skeleton key? Like one of those old? Yeah, keys? like one of those old long keys that okay. go in those you know older cupboards. From yeah, it was an older cupboard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was um, next to my bed, and you would hear it click, and then the door open. Yep, I'd hear strange music at night. That was really strange. Uh, what else would happen? The the foot okay so there was one time when my girlfriends were over so I had two of my friends over um and we we're waiting for Simone to get home because we we're going out so we we're nearly we we're ready and we we're upstairs and we heard the front door open shut and someone walk up the stairs because we said we're up here no one there and then one of my friends Kim she would never set foot in that place ever again um, we'd have because we're one of the first people that moved out of home as our young group. We had a lot of people just would crash at our house, and you know we'd all go night clubbing, and everyone would just crash at our place because no parents. <laughs> it was fun. Anyway, um, there was one night we had a couple of friends stay over, and I got up at about six o'clock in the morning and went out went to the kitchen to get a drink. And when I wa- when I walked, you had to walk through the lounge room to get to the kitchen. And um, a friend of mine, Maddie, was staying and he was sleeping in the lounge room, but he was sitting up and he's sitting there and he was a real little rough nut, toughy little kid. And yeah, well, when I say kid, we're all the same age. And he'd go, he goes, take me home. I said, I said, what's wrong with you? And he goes, no, he said, take me home. I said, what's wrong? I said, I'm not taking you home at six o'clock in the morning, Maddie, go back to sleep. And he goes, no, he said, someone's been walking around me all night. Oh. He was freaked out. Um, other things like, oh, well, we had an old-fashioned television. So we had, you know, the old box ones, like no remote controls back in my day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the television would turn on by itself. It was one of those click ones and we, Simone and I would freak out. There was so many times I'd we'd be freaked out and I'd have to sleep in Simone's bed. Wow. Yeah. We, you, you are Simone. Like, Simone dealt with a lot better than I did. 
But yeah, and then after that, yeah, and my dog, <clears throat> that was when I had and my German Shepherd, that was before I had Odin. So my German Shepherd lived with us there and he would freak out in that house and that would scare me more. So when oh, my purse would go missing all the time, things would go missing and they turn up in the lounge room, in the middle of the lounge That room. doesn't surprise me because yeah. you leave <laughs> all the time. So that, that probably isn't paranormal. Yeah, but I usually find them at my front door. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we went to the we went to the theatre, we were rehearsing some play. We go to the theatre one night and um, one time you left your phone in the garden. Oh, yeah. I'm just very blasé. We listening to podcasts. Another time we pulled up at... Your place, and yep. you go. Oh, I can't find my keys. Where are my keys? keys? <laughs> and we looked, and they were in the front door, in front of us, in the headlights. Okay, found them. <laughs> well, <laughs> unbelievable. Seriously, I've got nothing to steal. No. Well, well, I don't know. I know. I swear, the minute I start locking things up, yeah, that's when people. That's when people are going to break in. I've got one. I've got another one. Tamora. I was um I was out in Tamora out yeah. out in the west um when I was on the road working for um a flooring place. And um, I was meeting up with uh, the couple that owned the, the store in Tamora that night. And mm-hmm. they were, we were talking about all this. Uh, they live in a, a house that were, used to be a church yep. um, out in Tamora and it was haunted. <gasps> and so they were telling me all these haunted stories. And then I had to go back to an old rickety <laughs> um, hotel um, in Tamora, the middle of nowhere. And it had one of those televisions with the pull-out buttons. <gasps> yep. so, and I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And so I got up and I turned it off in the night and... Went to sleep. Yep. At some ridiculous time in the morning, yep. the television came on with the volume turned all the way up and the button was pulled out. Yuck. So it wasn't even yep. remote, wasn't anything like <gasps> that, but it was, it just was so loud. I don't know how nobody else woke up. But, um, well, that's yeah. what I want to talk to people about. Like, what is that? Night. Like, is that is that someone you know that's reaching out to you or is it someone that something's happened to them in that, that area that they're trying to reach out? Um, and they're just annoyed that you're in their space. Like, what is that? That's it freaks bizarre. me out. It freaks, I love every, time, it. every time I pick my nose, I scratch my bum. I always think somebody could be <laughs> Someone's watching. Someone's watching. Someone's yeah, here. That's why you've oh, yeah, you got to be yourself. careful. Grandma's you watching. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Kelly Martin. Yes, Clayton Williamson. <laughs> because you're being rude. Let me ask you something deep. Let's go deep. Ooh. COVID. What about it? Neither of us have had it yet. Don't intend no. on getting it, which is which is. Um, You're going to ask like, how's it affected you? I think you can see looking straight across from me. <laughs> I did something quite dramatic right. during COVID. Well, we all did. I think I think the hardest part for me, um, obviously, um, we were all affected. It was all uh, everything was stopped, but. Mm. For us, when you're a creative, mm. it's impossible. And for you, being a show-off, yep. <laughs> it's really hard when you've got no one to show off to. I know. And I'm not technical or anything. No. So I didn't embrace the whole, I don't know, Zoom meeting stuff where I could perform on Zoom. It's funny how... Um, how I need ye- an audience. Years ago, they tried to bring in QR codes. Mm-hmm. And they didn't work. Like, they, 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 yeah. they were dead. Yes. and um, But then COVID brought, brought it back to life. So yeah, they it's did. funny how everybody knows how to use a QR code now, and yep. that's going to be something into the future. It's, Absolutely. It's, um, well, it's even on all our food products. Everywhere you go now, on every product. Absolutely. I remember say a QR code. 20 years ago, somebody bought out a business card and said, this is going to be the next big thing where you put your details on a business card. Now they're back on business cards. Yeah. So, um, yep. yeah, it's, um, it's funny how you kind of adapt to things. But, yeah, um, but yeah when... It was such we a adapted time. very quickly to COVID, all of us. Yeah, we, we had to. We had no choice. Yeah, true. But but how did COVID affect you creatively? Uh, creatively, it didn't enhance anything. 
I actually sort of, I think I shut down a little bit mm. as well. Um, yeah, there, there wasn't those opportunities to be social around people and, and a lot of creative people, I'm one of those creative people that have to be social as well. Absolutely. Like, and your, to bounce off someone. your normal week was we do trivia one night, yep. you do the radio every yeah, couple of that's weeks, right. the, the local community radio yes. where you go into the studio and you talk. That's right. I might have um, rehearsals for a show. You do the private chef working, you that's do shows. Right. Like there was something every night where Absolutely. you had to do stuff. And all now I sudden, don't do anything. All of a sudden I wasn't allowed to visit you. And yes. you, you live with you know, at the other end of the street. Yeah, that's right. But, um, but yeah, things like that. I couldn't visit my parents. Yeah. And they lived in the same LGA yep. as us. It was it was like something I'd never thought I'd see in my life. No, me neither. But for me, it just, I think I just totally went crazy with mm-hmm. creativity. I started to paint recently. Yep. I wrote a short film, um, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping would go somewhere one day. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I did was trying to be creative. I don't... It was really weird not having any outlet any, whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. So. You do because uh, yeah, I've noticed it. Well, I mean, even through work, I know. Like, I always joke to people at work. No, why? Why do you do so much? It's like because I drive you insane at work. My creative outlet doing <laughs> shows is a way for me to express that and get all that energy out, so I don't drive my friends and family and cult work colleagues insane. Well, I remember. I remember when I first met you. Um, <laughs> I'd I'd known of you uh, yeah. for, for a little while. Yeah, right. Um, I do Amanda, myself known around the coast. Yeah, <laughs> my wife and I came and saw Sylvia. Yeah, uh, which you were the lead, directed by yeah. Dan, Dan Ground. <laughs> I was just going to remind you who directed that. Yes, and um, and I, we came and saw Sylvia, and I remember sitting in the audience, <laughs> and I was there the night that uh, you were playing a dog. Yes, so once again, Sylvia great. was a great role, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. you you are. You are the yeah. perfect. I bitch. played a labradoodle, everybody. Yeah, the perfect bitch. I've never <laughs> can't think of Full anybody. Of can't think of no. anybody better to play a big bitch than uh, than you. You know, there's only a few people that can say that to me, Mister Clayton That's Williamson, right. and you are one of them. Yeah, but but I was there the night because because Sylvia um, <laughs> sees a cat. And starts, <laughs> That's and right, starts best scene ever. Swearing, like swearing. Very foul mouthed dog. I was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> but but the cat was in the audience. So so Kel, we were behind her. We could see where she was looking. So she's looking in the audience and she's swearing at this cat. She's calling this cat every name under the sun. Did I bite it? And I yep. And I'd shove things up its snorty bits and going off her brain. Anyway, there's a lady right in the line of sight. So she. Jumps up, grabs a handbag, and goes, ha, oh, and walks out. Yep, she did. So you completely walked out. And I out. had to keep going. <laughs> I had to keep going as an actor. You have to keep going on with your role. Graham was outside in the box office, and she just came over and said, I want my money back. And he said, okay. And he gave her the money back. But, um, Hilarious. I remember walking off stage going, got one. <laughs> got one. I remember. It was very, very funny. I remember watching you that night thinking, I think we're going to get on. Yeah, absolutely. And I said to Amanda, oh, I think I'm going to get on with this I like girl. This girl. This girl's going to be, yep. yeah. What, you just saw the way I used to, was licking Duncan on the face and, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. It should be thought, fun. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and um, and then, uh, but I didn't get to meet you after that. Yeah. Can I just say something? Could, during that show, there was times when I'd have to sit up in the audience area for certain scenes, like I'd be off stage. The amount of people in the audience that would talk to me while I'm sitting there trying to hear, and they would pat me. Yeah, you, I've seen people pat you since. Yes, I know. It's ridiculous. And they would tell me about their dog and how much I remind them of their dog. And it was it was a beautiful compliment, don't get me wrong, but it was like, this is really weird. And I'm sort of like, you do realise we're in the middle of a show and I'm, 
I'm trying to listen for my cues. Like, I'm not an actual dog. Like, <laughs> I've been, we've, cool. we've been at the pub in um, in Woi Woi because yes. um, the play was at Woi like Woi Little Theatre. Yeah. Clayton gets his nose out of joint about this one, everyone. Woi Woi Little Theatre is a beautiful little theatre, by the way. It is. At the Peninsula Theatre in, mm-hmm. in Woi Woi, New South yeah. Wales, Australia. It is. Um, but um, we, we go to the pub for trivia on a Tuesday night. It's a great night. Yeah. And um, anyway, Kel got recognised by these people. And, of course, she can't just take it and say thank you <laughs> Get out. She, no, bullshit. You had to say, all of a sudden, Kel's over there. Nobody knows what she's talking about. She goes, Clay, Clay, they recognised me <laughs> from Sylvia. Yes, you did. I did not. I had to come over. Clay had to elbow his way and go, hi, I perform with her too. Mm. <laughs> Yes, but um, but anyway, so she does get recognised anyway yep. from from uh, from Sylvia. What what do you love about the stage? What, oh, the attention. <laughs> what do you love apart from the attention on the stage? What is this? It sounds wanky, but um, I feel like I belong, mm. and it's as I'm such a hyper, energetic, crazy person. It's so weird, but it's the only time I ever feel calm. Mm. Isn't yeah. that? No, a juxtaposition? It's, it's not because it's. I'm it's, just so stupidly confident. I don't know where that comes from. It's such a strange thing because I yeah. hadn't I hadn't acted for a long time, and um, I did a lot of television when I was a teenager. And that oh, was, did you? Yeah, a few years ago. <laughs> um, but but I hadn't acted for a long time. I did a short film in about 2004 or five, I think right. it was. Yeah. But um, but a friend of ours, Andrew, Andrew Thompson, mm-hmm. um, pulled me out of the grave, as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, and I ended up doing Baskerville at one oh, little theatre. That's right, Sherlock. That's when I first saw that's you perform you on stage. So I came and saw you in Sylvia. Yep, that's it. And missed you afterwards. Yes. And then you came and saw me. And missed Baskerville. you afterwards. Missed me afterwards. And you know so what? I nearly missed me. the whole show, Clayton, because I didn't get tickets because I'm always last minute person. And I actually sneakily texted Lloydie yeah, in the fire in box. The, you're in the bio box. Yeah, I was in the bio box. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I said, I don't mind paying, but can you sneak me into the bio box? So I got to watch the show from the bio box and I remember just seeing you and Tom on stage. It was amazing. I love Tom. I love Tom too. But Where then is we, Tom? Um, he's, he got moved to South Australia. Yeah, I know. Nobody hasn't said anything. He didn't say goodbye, Tom. Bye, Tom. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he's dead to us. <laughs> um, but the, um, Don't say that. <laughs> He'd go, Clayton, he, he looks you know, so hurt you know, the, the, the thing I love most about Tom <laughs> is that look where he gives me like, I can't believe you, you just, just said, said that. that. Yep. Thomas, we miss you. Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, but COVID has affected us all. Yeah. None yeah. more so than me. Look at my hair. I used well, to have long blonde, us. beautiful hair and I shaved my head. All of us. Mm. But that's all right. See, that's a, but that's a good thing. Good I told you how good is it to have short hair. It is. It's brilliant. But I don't get noticed with my hair anymore. But you don't need your hair because your personality is so big. That's true. Your personality is so annoying that you don't it need your hair. It is so true. Yeah. <laughs> trying to deal with that with a new job. <laughs> you can see that look at, oh gosh, she's loud. I think, um, <laughs> I think the thing I love about stage is how the teamwork. Yes. Everybody comes together. That's whether right. It's backstage, they back each other up. Stage. And when, when you catch a wave mm-hmm. of that magic yes, yep. where... You know, well, you know you've got the audience in the palm of your yes. When when you get that, even yep. if it's for part of a play, or like like I remember in we we did um, Noel Coward Private Lives, Private Lives together, yeah. and um, and I remember there was a part where you were being a bitch. It seems oh, to be really? a theme here. Oh. Um, you were being a bitch to me, and I was the husband <laughs> that you that you were cheating on. Yeah. And I, I, I would cry at yes. the front. I, know, I was horrible. I had to be just yeah. mean to you. <laughs> but I'd, um, I'd, I'd be at the front near the audience <laughs> and I'd be looking away from you and crying. 
and people would be crying in the audience. <laughs> yes. And you thought, oh, like, to it's make nice to be able to connect, feel something. Absolutely. And and then favorite you know, thing. ten minutes later, I was having a fight, and people were laughing at me. Yes, it wasn't meant to be funny, but yeah. <laughs> it but, might um, have been when you that time when you were on stage, and you were, it was this serious moment, and you 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 sat down on the lounge, but you sat on your hat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it was just like, and it was like oh God, we had to be all like serious, and like we just knew you were sitting on someone's hat. One one of my favorite <laughs> memories of Tom again. Yeah, about Tom uh, in Baskerville. There was a um, the first probably three or four pages was Tom telling us a story, and it's this fantastical story about what happened and um, you know and this happened and all this all this, yep. this amazing Mystical language that yep, Tom yep. could do yep. for about four pages. And I had yeah. to stand there holding a cane, like, like leaning on a cane, just <laughs> like looking wrap at it him, up, Tom, listening wrap to this story. Yep. <laughs> and um, then it got to a point where I had to say, but. So one line, uh, one word, and you're waiting for your cu- and you're so waiting for your cue. Like, what was your cue? I had to say, but yeah, that's all I had to say. It was my but. only line. I did say, but <laughs> my only line was, but. So Tom goes through his four pages, <laughs> and he gets to that part, and he looks at me, and I go, and, <laughs> and he just stops. He would have been so so thrown. <laughs> he just stopped. even though it's pretty much the same word. He would have been thrown. He just Love Tom. He looked at me and said. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best reaction ever. Oh, Pointing Tom. it out. And I love Tom. I love him. He's absolutely amazing. We yeah, he's an incredible actor. When we did um, Baskerville, I was the only character. There were like five of us <laughs> in the cast. I was the only character who did not change all the way through. <laughs> At one point, Tom Hang on, when you say change, you mean costume change. Change my costume. Yep, yep. Um, Tom had... Seven layers of clothing on because he'd run off stage and come back on as a different Seriously, character. Seriously, that's so hot. So he looked he like sweat, like anything was. on stage. Um, and he was like the Michelin man. <laughs> so, and and I'd come off stage and I'd go, Oh, that's so tiring. At one point, I had to, I had to take my hat off. <laughs> and <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he was so patient with us. Yeah, I know. Because um, I really liked it. Tom. I think we were just, I think we're still like an enigma to Tom. I know. That I we end up still coming through because we get in trouble so. in rehearsals. When the attention's not on us, we get very naughty school children, yeah. don't we? I remember, I remember I was on the phone to you one day <laughs> and um, and Amanda was listening. We were talking and, and you and I were going, no, Hang no, on. Amanda's your wife. Amanda's my yeah, wife. Real wife. My, <laughs> my, my first wife. Um, but, but Amanda, <laughs> you and I were going, <laughs> and Amanda said, oh, no, it's <laughs> two of you. I did. Oh, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's two of us people. So, yeah, Clay and I get called a lot like male and female version of each other. Yeah, except Kel's annoying. Oh, get out. Oh, yeah, but I embrace my annoyingness. You just, you don't know you're annoying. I hide it. It's really sad to talk about him behind his back. And look at that. He's going to get all paranoid. He'll go to sleep thinking about that now. No, I'm going to go to sleep (laughs) about the ghost stories. Oh, yes. Thinking about that. Oh, I'm going to have to send you some. Well, yeah, and I want to get into um, some ghosts. If anyone has some stories of Wilfred Barrett Drive, or anything on the Central Coast that they've seen that's a bit spooky. Is that is that the Jenny's ghost? Or yeah, well, Jenny Dixon. Well, it's on Jenny Dixon. It's up near Jenny Dixon Beach. Mm. So yeah, the Wilfred Barrett ghost, as legend has it, back in the I think it was the fifties or sixties, a young girl was horrifically murdered and abused, and amongst other things, and um, was killed by a group of young guys, and she's come back to try and find them. So they, they pick her up. 
they see her in a white dress, don't they? On the yeah, something like that. Down the street. Yep, and she hops into people's cars and she sits in the back <laughs> and people and people drop her off and she might leave something in the car so they'll return the next day to the house to say, oh, she left this here and they'll say no. No. Is it no. wrong that if I see somebody on that street, I'm just going to hit them? Because I'm <laughs> yep, not going to so, pull yeah. over. I'm just going to see if you're a ghost person and just, just aim over. for them. Yep, that's right. <laughs> no. Yep. Well, there's lots of other stories like on the Wakehurst Parkway and down in Northern Beaches and things like that. So there's some really good stories. There's a there's a, a really good story about a nun down there that was hit by a car and she gets into people's cars and they see her in the revision mirror. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, no, a, no. there's a lot of those stories. Look, I want to go to... Um, Maitland Jail too. Oh, that's good. I've been to Maitland Jail. Do the goat, ghost tours. Yeah. They do the goat tours. The ghost tours. Goat tours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I've, been, I've actually been to a few of them around the country. I went to um, Fremantle yep. Prison, the Brilliant. ghost tour. Yep. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. I really like walking around at Me night. Too, yeah. And I've also done... Um, uh, Port Arthur, a few. Yeah, times. Port Arthur's fantastic. Port I've done Arthur's their ghost incredible. tours. Oh, yeah, so we need to do the quarantine station. Mum's mm. done that too. She stayed overnight though. She's weird. My parents have been there. I don't think they stayed though. Yeah, but I used to go to the quarantine station all the time when I was working for Giant Steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go up there for the walks because the walks up there on the point are just magnificent. Yeah, and there's also the um, Anzac memorials up there and war memorials. You were also where was Giant Steps based? Oh, so Giant Steps is based in Glazeville. And that's so I worked well. for a company that worked for with adults with autism and this company has a school for children with autism also and the whole premises is at the old Gladesville Hospital which is one of the first mental asylums in Australia mm. which have some fabulous stories in that place, horrific and sad all at the same time. There's 1,200 bodies buried on site in unmarked graves which is just so sad. There was just people that were committed to this place and they were never never claimed by their families because it was so taboo and it was so shameful for you to have a mental health problem. And then and some people didn't have the mental health problems. They might have just had an opinion and their husbands or, you know, whoever wanted to get rid of them. It's awful, some of the stories. Like there's actual stories of the well-to-do of Sydney society coming to Gladesville Hospital and doing a coin donation and being sat around the Oval down on Bedlam Bay there because the whole asylum's on the waterfront. And the well-to-do of Sydney Society would sit around the Oval edges and then the doctors would parade the patients. No. Yep. And there's documented documents of that. It was a a Sydney outing. Wasn't it... um, Wasn't life harsh back then? Oh, God. Like, like you watch all the documentaries about... um what they call freaks yep. and how they um, they used to oh, have the side shows beds and, and things like yeah. that. Um, you, you look at the oh, Aboriginal freaks. history. Yes. Um, when we went and saw, you and I went and saw um, the amazing Ernie Dingo oh, in, awesome. um, in Brand New Day mm-hmm. down in Parramatta before yep. the COVID. COVID hit. It was just one of the last things we did, wasn't it? It was. But, but, but when you saw the emotion and oh. the things that – that happened not that long ago. I know um, it's in horrific. the Aboriginal history. Yeah, um, its own. And then you talk about um, uh, you having uh, Negro heritage. Yes, that's right. And, and the, the issues that happened oh. over there. Um, Just the awful American what? Indians. Like there's so much horrible, horrible history. and hatred. Like where does it? Where have you come from to hate on something that you've got no experience with either? Absolutely. Like, and it's well, just it's awful. Happening, it's happening now. It overseas. is. It always but, is. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's funny when you look at how lucky we are yeah. here in Australia. Well, it's a lot of a lot of it's education too, and people are just afraid of the unknown. Like, well, that, that's where I 
just talking about how the asylums were on the waterfront. That there was a reason, like, and still to this day, on most asylums that you'll see that have got her- history are on waterfronts. And the reason for that is because back in the day it was illegal to transport someone with mental health issues by road wow. because it was a danger to the public. And they also say... So they did it with tunnels and waterfront. They also say that tunnels and water um, are the most haunted That's right. Holdings, That's yes. it. And there's still tunnels all around Gladesville Hospital. Some of them they're still trying to find. And there's beautiful ruins. I, I suggest to anyone that has a chance, it's a public public um, place, so you are allowed to go and walk around the premises. It's stunning, absolutely stunning. And there are a lot of ghost stories about the place, like in that school, teach some of the teachers what they said. Mm. Like they'd be in the class, <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be there after hours just marking stuff or doing something and all the, t- all the, all the pictures would fall off the wall all at the same time. Oh, no. And they just go, yeah, okay, we're going home now. <laughs> See ya. Yep. But that, it was, it was it was a lot of little spook because we had like different premises, like we had cottages and different places. And one of the buildings that we worked in was the old kitchens. So there was lots of stuff that you – and they'd segregate. Men were only allowed to come in this store and the women were allowed to sit there. And so there's all these little stories. And the bathrooms are freaky. as like those old school – old bathrooms that you you see in movies where where the old nuns are drowning people and stuff like it's 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 full on yeah spooky place very spooky place and there was there's still reports of security guards getting called out late late at night because people have reports of hearing babies crying in buildings wow and they're yeah no one's in them i love cemeteries yeah i do well like uh, when um i was in paris walking around the pere lachaise yep. cemetery and there's that's where people like Oscar Wilde and mm. um, Jim Morrison, I was gonna say Jimmy. Edith Piaf, and like just to stand mm. there and to walk through, it's the most amazing yeah. architecture and it's stunning. And it's beautiful. So, and even if you go to um, Quarantine Station Cemetery, it's stunning too. Oh, is it? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just I just find them fascinating I'd places. Love them I really too. do. Yeah, there's so much history on the Central Coast that we don't embrace or know about. I do. I do find it funny that we have. Um, heritage listed buildings. Yeah, yeah. Because when you go to Europe, yeah. I've got friends. <laughs> Thousands. Who, uh, a friend of mine said to me once, um, "Don't you know anybody who lives in a castle?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> over there, everybody knows yeah, somebody like who someone, lives in a castle. Yeah. You know, from sixteen hundred. Yeah. My my uh, parents went to visit the family home over there mm. in Scotland, and um, and it's got all the low low doorways and. You know, really I'd fit walls and yeah, I'd you'd fit. fit. Would. I'd feel yeah. so tall. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's it's incredible. I'd love to be able to hear stories from mm. all over the place. That's it. Everywhere. And look, we've even got the oldest stories in the world, haven't we, with our indigenous culture? We do, we do. Mm. And I've got lots of people I want to talk to. Absolutely, um, you who do. Are members of Dark and Because Mr. Clayton Williamson is on a journey himself. I am on a journey myself. Exactly. Life's full of incredible things, and that's what yeah. I want to talk about. That's, that's what it. I want. I want to find out. There's so many things that I see and I learn about people. Yep. Um, every day, and I think that's another thing that COVID's done is it's really made you stop. Mm-hmm. Reassess everything and listen and appreciate, appreciate what, yeah, what you've got. Definitely, because right. until it's taken away, you yeah. don't realize how important things are. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Well, that's a good note, probably, to end on, Mr. Clayton. Absolutely. So, See thank you. you very much, Miss Martin. Thank you, Mr. Williamson. Love I hope to, to be a part of this in the future. No, that's it. Thank okay, because yeah, um, we don't get along at all. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Beautiful. See ya. Bye.
Yarn About You is a centre stage creative production. Follow us on Facebook by searching Yarn About You or visit yarnaboutyou.com.au for more information about the podcast and our guests.